Hey guys, Sunny Bonani, Ninjani, Moreni, Uchanet, Lekai, Dinalang. Uh, ja, welkom terug. Oké, okay, welkom terug, good people. Um, so, as you guys know, this is basically a continuation from the very first segment that I had with your favorite heretics, um, Derek and Rachel. So, this one basically is more focused keenly on um, mental health and the church matters regarding mental health in the church matters regarding stigma around mental health when you're in the church the reason why this resonates with me so deeply i cannot even express is because i kind of went through the same thing see when you've um, been ridden with purity culture and you've been ridden with sin watching it kind of builds up a standard of performance um basically a measuring stick for how well you can keep up with what it means to be a good christian and that builds up a lot of anxiety and that's basically what happened with me see when i plummeted black sorry pardon me back slid fell away you name it it really triggered me and my anxiety to a point whereby i started to engage in things like self-mutilation self-resentment it was hard um being wrapped up in all of that shame and all of that guilt being wrapped up in a bruised self-esteem a bruised sense of self you're basically crippled you know you're crippled every identity that you thought of yourself um to that point was centered truly and holistically in christ and but the idea of me being centered around him was kind of around being perfect so it took a lot from me i'm not gonna lie when i backslid because of you know feeling so guilty from you know disobeying this pledge this purity pledge i questioned everything um and i did everything in my power to try and cleanse myself off of that sin and that affected my mental health drastically because it put me into kind of small episodes of depression it put me into anxiety self-mutilation self-hatred it got me into all of these things to a point where i had to start seeing a therapist start dealing with some of these things and start unpacking and articulating them to myself as to why do i have this huge standard of perfection in front of me like yo this is heavy like why you know i remember the therapist just kept on asking who are you living your life for you know who are you trying to appease who are you trying to please what is this all about like why are you under so much pressure you know why is this such a burden like is your god really like this like is he out here to punish you like is that why you're scared so yeah it took prayer it took gaining back my affirmation and my identity back in god and it also took unpacking and understanding where these expectations of myself were anxiety were self-mutilating where it derived from and having a healthier more compassionate more free 
more loving relationship with my father where I felt like, you know, I, I, I was speaking to someone who understands, not a deity or a God to, who's too far off to understand my struggle. So anyway, before I ramble on, this is basically what this podcast is all about. That was just a brief story about what I went through and why this speaks to me so much. Um, and why I feel like Christians need to stop with the stigma around mental health. You know, um, you are a holistic human being. And God can heal you holistically through various things. It doesn't mean we introduce psychology to introduce the enemy or the devil. Or however, let's not stop being that backward, you know. Leaders, cell leaders need to also understand and gauge where their role starts, where their role ends. If you aren't qualified to be a psychologist, and you can tell that some things are just deeper or more rooted in trauma or rooted in self-beliefs or self-narratives that have come from very negative experiences in someone's life, um, you need to be able to understand that you can help them both ways. We need to, as a church, be able to understand that people can be helped both ways, you know? People can, you can look up um psychologists or counselors within your um within your community where the church is and yeah it's just funny how you know the idea is yeah let's pray over this person whenever they need healing over a physical ailment but when it comes to something that has to do with your mind it's kind of quickly stigmatized as you know maybe you lack faith or it's stigmatized as you're not reading your Bible enough, or there's something there. So yeah, I hope this gives you a re- a chance to just reevaluate, a chance to have a freeing love with God. That's all I want. That you can, everybody can relate to God. God relates to you. He understands you. He made you. Before this goes too long, we're gonna get into the episode. And I'm going to feature in songs by Sorok. It's called Forever. I really love her. She's just amazing to me. Oh, so, how was it? It's I know, I know. Listen, I know it's pretty good. Anyway, we're about to step into the episode now. Uh, we're about to get into the chat. So listen up and enjoy. Yeah, learning from you guys and from some of your slides. If you can go into this one um, about mental health, because I saw that you mm-hmm. guys did, um, you guys spoke to, um, you guys did a collab- collaboration with um, somebody. Yeah, yeah. Yes, um, um, the Reclamation Collective. It's a, it's actually a really, really amazing um, group and community. They have uh, spiritual trauma and religious trauma groups that they work through a lot of stuff with. It's just a safe place, yeah. you know, um, to explore what may have happened in a safe, unbiased environment where they're not yeah. going to push you towards anything. And it's just a place to, to realize what happened. Cause I feel like in a, in a lot of church settings where you might confide in your pastor, confide in a mentor of things that are going on in ways that you feel, you know, 
crappy about church practices or the way that you feel about God or all these things, they're almost like met with fear that you'll fall away. So you can't explore too much. You know, we're going to always point you back to the truth. Like you don't need that in that time. You just need to breathe and have freedom to like, to process, you know, it's processing trauma. And the church is so afraid of that word because how can a religious experience be traumatic with the all loving, all knowing God, you know, how do you guys term, how did you, all of this terminology really is so relatable, but it's so new to me. And it must be new mm-hmm. to a lot of people. I, I promise you that must listen to my podcast um, because we mm-hmm. don't realize that we're facing trauma when we're talking about sin watching and purity culture and mental health abuse, the things that you guys spoke of in your, some of your slides. And because um, those are the things that really get me, have really gotten me in my experience to a point where I felt like, sin watching literally I felt like oh no I do okay no I can't watch this guys I can't do yeah. this um listen if I do that that's gonna leave a foothold for the enemy and then that's why I'm gonna be an anxious mess all the time so oh, yeah. I can't I can't be that person like that's not how it's gonna and purity culture I remember being in a church once I'm not gonna say their name before they come at me but I'm going to the church <laughs> um and we had to sign a purity code Mm-hmm. Um, that was basically like this purity pledge was it felt to me heavy burdening. yeah well it yeah felt, it felt really really burdening and felt as if okay if if I by the slightest slip up and I mean I did I ended up did I did lose my virginity and it was a mess for me Mm-hmm. It was it was just a mess. I fell apart. Like it's some of the things I spoke about on my podcast to so a lot of people. That's why they could relate. Like um, I fell apart. I really fell apart. I was like, I I didn't even identify with myself anymore. I couldn't look yeah. at in the mirror. I couldn't reconcile myself with God. I couldn't. I couldn't. I just felt I felt so heavily judged and so condemned. And I could. I just couldn't get myself back. And I remember going into different cells, different churches and praying relentlessly to try and wash myself off of sin. So yeah, we were talking about, um, you guys were talking, oh man, I keep forgetting, I keep forgetting their name. Cause you guys did a collaboration about mental health and church drama with them. Ah, uh, yes, Reclamation uh, pro- or Collective, the Reclamation Collective. Yeah, that that was really, I was thinking I was speaking to Rachel basically talking about how, um, how the, term how you guys even term the coin i mean the coin even the term sorry um church trauma because at the time mm. we don't even think that you know like at all at all at all right. because I about my experiences about how kind of like purity culture for me personally was something that really yeah traumatic experience for me because Absolutely. that was taught to me in the church that i went and i don't want to say their name <laughs> uh, that I went and how basically I had to sign a pretty pledge and basically when I backslid quote unquote um that ruined everything mm. uh, if I can say so that's when things just came tumbling down that for me I'd say was kind of the trigger moment of my deconstruction like that was the moment yeah. things for me started to just fall off I didn't I, 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 re- I started to realize that I saw God actually as a monster a deity yeah he will bring me to hell I'm, I'm that's the moment that I re- realized I had this understanding of God and also that's the moment when I started joining church groups in different cells to try and reconcile with the identity that I had 
thought I I built in God or the understanding mm-hmm. of myself in God at the time. Um, right. Which was trying to be perfect, basically. Oh, and, man, yeah. You know, perpetually feeling like I'm disappointing him and having mm. like a bar of an expectation and standards of how I'm supposed to live my life, I'm supposed to pray, who I'm supposed to be around, where I'm supposed to be, the people I'm right. supposed to be speaking to. And that was my trigger point, per city, of like the whole thing. Um, and I guess I wanted to ask you guys, how did it, yeah, like how did it, the, the term, how did you guys even coin it, church trauma? Yeah, so I can't take credit or we can't take credit for coining it. I think we, you know, we just came across it at different points. Um, We're certainly not the first ones to talk about it, which is great. I'm glad that this is a growing conversation. And we in no way, shape or form thought that this would explode the way that it did. Um, I think, it, you know, we were going into posting that first tra- church trauma post which has yeah. now been shared over 20,000 times on Facebook and, and that's how relatable it is guys that uh, it's is crazy how, that's oh how my relatable. Gosh. that's how many people have experienced this I and know. never knew what it was In yeah yeah go ahead yeah. sorry no sorry carry on yeah so I mean for us it was trying to give language to ways that people would feel hurt and and burned by what should be the safest place for everyone to exist. You know, uh, the church is meant to look like a family and, you know, yes, families are messy messy and, you know, oftentimes painful. um, So it's not a perfect analogy, but Ideally, a family should be a place where you belong unconditionally and yeah. that you you can expect love and you can expect, uh, you know, genuine care. And so anyway, we were just trying to take our experience in the church. What we've noticed is has caused people pain and, and really just put it to words. And like I said, I think at that point we were like 300 followers deep and yeah. we were like, maybe we'll we'll crest 400 with this post and uh, we always <laughs> laugh about it because i mean it just it, it, once we posted it we had no idea but i mean honestly in a lot of ways i feel like god allowed for it to get the exposure yeah. it did and the stories not even just the comments but the messages and people sharing just such painful painful uh, traumatic experiences i mean one, it breaks our hearts, but two, to hear people saying like, you know, you are giving voice to a generation of people who have felt religiously gaslit their whole lives or man, I, I mean, I've sat in tears weeping for an hour because I feel understood and heard for the first time, or I just started going to therapy. Uh, thank you for, for putting this out right now, or I just handed this to my my therapist to help me process it's like all these stories it's just like so overwhelming and humbling and and we cannot even begin to wrap our heads around it but we feel truly truly um honored to be able to create an environment for people to heal and people to process and people to feel like they're seen And, and like for many people for the first time i mean so many people you know, sharing how I didn't even realize that what I was experiencing was traumatic and I, I couldn't put words to it. And you gave me language, you know, and, and 
for others, it's like people didn't believe me, you know, and I, I finally feel like I'm not crazy for feeling this way. You know, I just, I, I we don't know what to do with it all. And, and, and to be honest, we we're still navigating how to, uh, without sounding too Christianese here, steward um, this opportunity to, to walk with, with so many people, so many beautiful people who mm. such a diverse community of people that we love. And we're so, so yeah, all that to be said, I'm just really thankful for the little growing community. Now, not so little, I can't believe it's over 12,000 people uh, in just a span of <laughs> not even two months yet. Um, we, we're truly just feel so fortunate and blessed, um, to, to be able to, to see so many people feel loved and feel seen and understood and safe and accepted and that God doesn't hate them (laughs) and that God's not mad at them. And God, you know what I mean? Like that there's just, there's such a more inclusive understanding of the gospel message. And there's such a more inclusive understanding of what it means to be, a Christian even, or a follower of Jesus, or, you know what I mean? And so I actually had like a couple of questions around that for you guys. Um, First, it's like how, particularly like around like mental health abuse, how is that? How would you, could you elaborate what mental health abuse is Mm. exactly in the church? Mm. Mm. Yeah. So um, I, I would say it's largely has to do with um, particular denominations, but Ooh. also across denominational lines that treat mental illness or mental health as a strictly spiritual or sin issue. And so mm-hmm. their solution or cure is, well, they just need to be delivered from a demon, a spirit of suicide or a spirit of depression or whatever it might be. Ooh. And I just don't think it's that binary or black and white. No. I do no. think that there are still, and where I'm at, uh, I, I do still think that there's, there are demons. I do think that there are dark spiritual forces and, mm. and maybe it's more complicated than that. Um, I just know that I've had experiences to where I can't really, at least that's the framework from which I can understand. Um, anyway, all that to be said, I don't think it's so simple for, for, nor is it healthy and could even perpetuate uh, mental health uh, problems and mental illness um, by, by making someone feel like they're possessed by Satan or that they're like Mm -hmm. under some demonic spell or something like that. And, and so when, when they're, there could be such a a simpler solution that is actually one that would create genuine change from the sake of getting true relief or from the perspective of getting true relief. So like for me, I have been diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder and have experienced depression, um, both clinically diagnosed. And, you know, at one point when my depression had gotten pretty bad, I decided with my wife and, my clinician to, um, for a time being, go on antidepressants. And that was a huge, huge lifeline for me. Mm. So things like that of recognizing, like I said in our, our recent post, that 
Uh, mental health is not in conflict with spiritual health. If anything, it's meant to be part of it and accepted Mm. within the church as a necessary means of us taking care of ourselves as much as um, we should the importance of having a, you know, a good doctor that we go see for checkups or whatever, um, or go to when we're sick, you know, the same thing should be the case as if we are dealing with mental illness. Uh, We should be able to, to feel like the church would highly recommend or refer us out. And so that's a lot of what we worked on with the reclamation project on this recent post was, you know, making sure that pastors understand where their role begins and ends. You know, they're not therapists. They can't assume that role just because, you know, the Holy spirit lives in them and they know scripture. That doesn't mean that they, you know, because you have a degree in theology (laughs) that, that, that qualifies you to, uh, professionally. Yeah. 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 So anyway, all of that, taking away the stigma, there's no shame in, in having a mental illness. Uh, there isn't, and we need to be better as the church of helping people get the assistance and the relief and, and the actual care that they, they truly deserve. And, um, you know, whether it's seasonal depression or, um, bipolar disorder or whatever it may be. Um, I know that even certain, you know, not having a proper perspective of mental health um, promotes ableism, which is this mm-hmm. discrimination on any sort of physical or, you know, mental health, um, you know, conditions. So do you think, I'm sorry to cut you short. No, there, you're good. You're good. Um, if the church had to introduce, uh, like you guys mentioned, when you guys worked the reclamation project, and if the church had to introduce um, licensed counseling and therapy and understanding of what mental health is, do you think it would, it would like kind of polarize in some way, pray over these things or, or mm. praying over um, your mental illnesses or would take away from the importance mm. of, of it? Right. Well, I'll say this, and <clears throat> I keep saying the Reclamation Project. It's actually the Reclamation Collective. There's the Reformation Project, which is an entirely different, amazing ministry that yeah. uh, centers on LGBTQIA plus inclusion in the church. But yeah. the Reclamation Collective is the one that <laughs> we worked with. So I wanted to clarify that for yeah, those listening. Sure. But <laughs> to answer your question, I don't think that they need to be at odds. Um, a lot of how through deconstruction and reconstruction that I've, um, re under reoriented my thinking around understanding prayer is prayer is not begging God to do something. It's partnering with and understanding what God is already doing. And it's, it's coming into a space of actually hearing his voice and knowing what he's doing in the world. Right and participating with uh, with with God, so prayer's not so much convincing God to to be loving and caring and compassionate and and mm-hmm. healing. It's it's understanding God. How are you already working, God? How are you? And and thank you for answering my prayer for relief through my uh, mental health professional, through mm-hmm. my clinician. And 
there's nothing wrong with believing for miracles. I, you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer in that, mm. but I don't think that we should limit God to miraculous healing being through the means of a, a beautiful image bearer who has the role and the training of being a, a uh, an expert in the field of psychology and mm. therapy. Do you think, sorry, this might be a controversial. But no, I, we're all about controversy in case you haven't noticed. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, do you think, you know, introducing a gang um, therapy would diminish the role of pastors and cell leaders and so on? Because they've in a lot of churches I've been in as well, mm. um, taken on the role, obviously, of being your counselor, yeah. you know, somewhere. Right. And somehow they want to be the people who you should turn to um, in terms of distress, in terms of anxiety. Because mm-hmm. I also have anxiety, actually. Yes. And when I went to someone and I told them, listen, I, I'm, I, I cannot think straight. Like, I am yeah. not okay. I yeah. am smashing. I am not okay. I'm not okay. Yeah. okay? Yes. And what they could do for me, which I do not diminish. <laughs> I don't admit that right. what they could do for me is that they could give me Bible verses. Exactly. Um, but th- that didn't. Um, and you know, we can't take away from somehow other people. My, my one friend once sure. said that sometimes you have to realize also that some people and how they deal with um, maybe per- certain perpetual behaviors that they ha- that they happen to go through that are kind of um, they maladaptive to say. Or yeah. they it's not good for, you know that they're not good for you. It's a it's a pattern of behavior that you know it's 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 eating at you more than giving at you. Right. Or right. Giving that it's it's doing it's not doing really justice to you. So mm-hmm. certain people sometimes they go to church and they get prayed for and it ends there and they and it's good. They okay. Yeah. And you know, they deliver but for some of us, you know, and which goes unspoken in the church, we need therapy. Um, yeah we need to unpack and be able to articulate some of the things that we're going through and what this behavior is tied to, because I don't understand why I perpetually keep doing what I'm doing. And I don't want to call it sin. I really don't yeah. like And it shouldn't be want... seen as sin. It shouldn't. Yeah. And I think I that's want... the thing is that people with any sort of mental illness or, you know, any sort of mental health cycle as the reclamation collective uh, prefers to refer to it, which I like as well because we all go through different cycles in our mental health. Mm. Um, The reality is that that's not because we're broken and, you know, totally depraved sinners that are just these pieces of garbage. uh, You know, these, can I, can I use a expletive or or would your listeners be? No, go ahead. Okay. We're not pieces (laughs) of shit that need to be polished and put makeup on. We're beautiful, wonderful creations that God loves and adores. Mm. And the reality is, is that we experience trauma. We experience pain. Some of it is passed down from our parents and it's, it's biological. Uh, Some Mm. of it's triggered from trauma. Some of it, you know, it's, it's so complicated, but the reality is, is that it's not, you just need to pray this prayer and, you know, uh, memorize these Bible verses yeah. and, you know, just not think about it. 
And we, we actually had a slide or a, um, a post on spiritual bypassing, which I think is really relevant to bring up um, in, in context of this conversation, because what's happened is that a lot of people have become so uncomfortable with their pain or their struggles or whatever um, mental health cycle they're going through, fill in the blank, yeah. instead of actually dealing with and addressing it they spiritually bypass, you know, people and say, oh, you just need to pray harder or, or oh, you just need to let go and let God or, or whatever. And they say these things that maybe it's even well meant with the, the greatest of intentions, but it, what ends up doing is it just casts shame and guilt oh, and it makes you feel, well, what's wrong with me? Why, why does yeah. that person get to be yeah. healed? And yeah. why am I over here still struggling? What, you know, what am I doing wrong? And so it be, makes it a, you're messed up. You're not doing it right. You need to try harder. And as you know, from what you've shared with me and from what I've even experienced, the more you make it about trying harder and you need to just perform better, it's it's this treadmill um, that is uh, with a, a carrot dangling on a stick. You're You're running in place, ending up just exhausting yourself and getting nowhere. And that's, that's what dead religion does. That's what empty legalism does. And that's, a, you know, totally tied in with spiritual bypassing. It's trying to, to just slap a bandaid on a gaping wound. So, yeah, so to yeah. say, you know, you can't fix trauma by simply saying, well, you know, in Psalm, you know, 42, it says, why are you downcast on my soul? Yeah. Why are you, you know, those are great things to remind ourselves of. And there's real encouragement and God can speak through the words of scripture to us and, and really bring encouragement. Right. Yes. But it doesn't have to only be that, yeah. you know what I mean? And so yeah. just like you would want, God forbid someone was diagnosed with a horrible disease. Yes. You'd want to pray that they'd be healed but, but you take them to the doctor. Oh. You're right. So I, we shouldn't make mental health cycles and, and mental illness any sort of, you know, uh, different. That's why uh, uh, removing the stigma around it is so important to seeing the church not feel like, oh, science is just trying to, you know, keep us from God and, and you know, blah 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 no it's it's not like That's that actually really interesting i never thought of it that way that in actual fact they may think that by introducing psychology and how psychology could unpack certain behaviors that you may be going or traumatic experiences that we can't exactly just pray over the church might just think no science is just, no no we're in the devil and no like yeah i went to a bible college which is where i met rachel yeah and they required a class where the professor literally denied the need for psychology My and gosh. literally denied the need for anyone to go to therapy, that it was all a sin issue. And I have never in my life felt so anxious in a classroom. I, I almost felt like I was drowning in anxiety. Like it was such an uncomfortable environment that really did feel spiritually dark and off. 
Mm-hmm. I, and, and, and not to even need to, you know, to, to over spiritualize that per se, but you know, I'm a pretty perceptive person. Mm. And so it just was really weird to have someone who has no training in psychology or mental health, again, act like you're an expert and mm. end up offering a empty solution, which ends up driving people downward spiral and perpetuates their mental health cycles further and further downwards. So anyway. My gosh. But do you mind actually expanding on that when you said, you know, pastors and leaders in the church Mm -hmm. um, need to understand where they roll? Like you just said right now about one of your professors in the Bible college, how Mm -hmm. they need to understand where they roll and and begin it's not only understanding for them but mm-hmm. i feel like because here back home derek it did not go that way like it's right. like <laughs> i don't want you to know like people line up for miracles okay right, and yeah you guys can come at me i'm sorry but in south africa popular opinion in churches and new age churches charismatic churches as they call them this side um right right mm-hmm. they 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 line up for work. They depend so much on right. on leaders and pastors. Like they mean everything to them, you know. Right. That to the point where, but I remember seeing someone manifesting in a church. It's not okay, guys. She's not uh-huh. okay. She's not manifesting. It, I'm not like you say. I'm also not, um, you know, saying that demonic powers don't exist. They exist. Right. Right, you know, right. Mm-hmm. You know, demonic powers and stories they exist. I'm not gonna say that, but right, I also right. say that there are times whereby we need to just, and we don't do that. There's right. we do not do that. Like, we can't distinguish between mm. spirituality and when someone needs help. Exactly. Hey, sorry to cut you guys short, guys. I'm just giving you guys a bit of a breather, a bit of a break. Um I know I guess you know we're unpacking a lot of information here, so I'm just giving you a bit of time. Um, to just listen a bit of time to just listen to some music slow it down wind back so the song i'm basically featuring throughout this podcast is called forever by Sirac. i told you guys me i love music i love music with a passion that burns sands and bridges i love meaningful music and Sirac is a conscious hip-hop artist someone who talks about her personal stories and in this particular track she basically professes about her personal journey with mental health and what I love about it was it was just completely relatable from the self-mutilation, from the point where she had to find herself back and, you know, grow her feet, get her information back, you know, just stand on her feet again and be able to affirm herself and be confident again. She speaks about this in the verse that I'm about to play you guys right now and I hope you enjoy. Please download the song. Follow her. I love her. I just bumped into her like not so long ago, but psh, psh. I love her. Your house, I know it's heavy than me. No toddlers for pretending. I was 14 years old, forcing pills down my throat, so my baby fat diminished. Still got these scars from cutting my wrist when I thought the life was finished. Now they remind me what my lows look like, now I know the sky's the limit. Okay, never claim to be perfect. That's an impossible dream. I'm just saying that I'm worth it. That's the responsible thing. Spend half my life trying to find my life from outside sources. Why the only voice that mattered came from me? You better shine on them, baby, you a star. You better be exactly who you are. 
so yeah I hope you heard that verse that's what pretty much tagged at me a lot anyway we're gonna carry on the conversation with Derek yeah I'm with you and and so that that whole idea like I again I think it, it largely has to do with the 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 psychological framework in which we evaluate truth and reality it's uh this is called dualism mm. and it's it's this either or mentality it's it's either it's demonic or it's what I, like it's not you know that's mm-hmm. not like uh it can it can maybe be influenced by actually their trauma and there's a lot that you know so that yeah. the, the reality is dualism having this either or black and white, there's no gray. Um, you almost force this, this perspective on someone. And again, let's say, let's entertain the thought, right? Let's say it's, it is spiritual and they do need prayer and mm-hmm. they experience freedom and great blah, blah, blah. But maybe that's not the answer for everyone. Right. And Mm -hmm. honestly, what I would love to see again is that pastors wouldn't take on the savior complex and think that there are many Jesuses that need to walk around and act like they're here to save the world. Like we need to, to realize that there's been this ego, this narcissism that's worked its way into so many churches because we've built these churches that look like, business empires where the pastors the ceo and and superstar especially around celebrity christianity where you just have these pastors that like uh god is god's man the man of god the the blessed blessed prophet or whatever who who's so anointed and and god's given him favor to be in this private jet and you know drive these cars no that's that is manipulative and that is coercion and that's honestly, it's cloaked theft. And it is, mm-hmm. it is absolutely not the intention of <laughs> what the church of God should be. <laughs> no. um, anyway, it's not a pyramid structure where only the top benefits and everyone on the bottom is suffering. When you have single mothers who are barely scraping by to feed their kids, or you have families where parents have to work multiple jobs to make it by while mm-hmm. the pastor sits comfortably driving in his Mercedes and, you know, flying mean. first class, mm-hmm. something's wrong. Mm-hmm. And he's in a mansion or something like that. Like guys, like the church from the book of acts, we see that everyone shared what they had. Some people were fortunate to have more, but they made sure that no one was in need. But what's happened is that these mega church empires are built and I don't mean to go on a tangent, but what's mm-hmm. happened is it's driven this narcissistic ego to where that it influences the way that they they think that I don't need a counselor or therapist. They they don't need they need they need a miracle. You need you need uh, to be touched by the finger of God, and Oof. and all these things, and you know you need to be uh, a, a you know a fresh touch from the Holy Ghost or something. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And, Shout in tongues. Don't resist it now. I'm, I, I can go on impersonating all, all day long. But <laughs> anyway, anyway, and I'm all about the Holy Spirit. And I love, I love 
you know, God doing amazing things and, and, and being, you know, experiencing the very real tangible presence of God. I, again, hear me, but like, we shouldn't be under a delusion that we're above the need of professionals to step in and to help. And so there should be a humility in a pastor anyway. I mean, that should be the mark of every pastor and leader is humility. First and foremost, mm -hmm. above all things, humility. And a mark of humility recognizes that they don't have all the answers. Even if they recognize, well, I, I know that, you know, God's called me to be a pastor or, you know, I know scripture or whatever these things. But you should be able to say, well, I don't know psychology. I don't. I don't have a degree. Yeah. I, the, these things are outside of my control. Just like you wouldn't expect a pastor to, to start, an, you know, getting someone on an operation table to perform open heart surgery. <laughs> right? Like, that'd just be crazy. <laughs> God's going to anoint my hands and take this scalpel. You better be arrested right now because I'm about to lay hands on you. <laughs> um, anyway. Oh, gosh. <laughs> But the, the truth is, is that, again, we, we just need to get to a place where humility marks pastors who can say, this is where my role ends. And you know what? In order for me to love you well as your pastor, as yeah. someone who's here to care for you spiritually, but also care for you holistically, because you're, you're a whole human and, and you know, you're not just a spiritual being with a, a meat suit. <laughs> um, you, you really do need... <laughs> to see someone who, who can help can you, you. Again, a spiritual being <laughs> yeah you're not a spiritual being with a meat suit <laughs> with skin um anyway uh, that is but, so true so yeah i just hope that pastors and churches in general can can embrace education and learning that hey we should know of um you know practices in the area and therapists that we could refer out, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, 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 it's how it should be, you know? It should be that way. It really, really should be that way. I don't think, I think that's something that was totally just pressed on my heart. Where I just felt like I'm really misunderstood. Like I, mm. and that's why I could, you guys are relate. I don't think you guys understand the depth of relatability that you guys <laughs> are on. You guys are Thank on a tangent here. You guys are speaking to a lot of hearts. Um, and I'm so grateful because not a lot of churches are accepting of that. Not a lot of churches mm -hmm. can accept you as a being. And that, look, I have faith. I do, you know. Right. Um, but I'm, I'm really also a human. Um, yes. <laughs> I have a lot of challenges in my mind. You know, my mind, I, like my, I'm, I have things that I have to deal with, guys. I really do. But, like, you guys can't tell me that I have to work on my faith constantly or I have to keep praying. There are times that I can't even pray, for goodness right. sake. Right. I don't have it in me to pray. I'm tired. I literally don't exactly. have it in me to pray. And to pray needs you to conjure up. To, I can't pray in tongues at this moment. Like, I really, I can't. Like, I can't even <laughs> listen to... I can't, I can't listen to Bethel. I can't, it's not working out. Like I've tried, but it's just, right. I'm a mess. and I'm just going through crying spells day mm. in and day out. And I need help. Yeah. And that's where I feel like the church is in this. It's, it's just, oh God. Help yeah. us. Yeah. No, I, uh, amen. I mean, you hit it on the head. Like 
the answer isn't to, you know, and that's the thing is, is when we make everything over-spiritualized, yeah. the one who's truly responsible at the end of the day, we may not say this or recognize what we're saying. It's, it's like, we're not saying, oh, God is the one who's going to take care of this for you. It's you need to put in the more, more effort by doing X, Y, and Z. And so they're filling out a prescription that's empty, right? Like a spiritual sub, uh, prescription of, all right, take two doses of um, 15 minute sessions of speaking in tongues, uh, <laughs> 10, uh, three 10 minute sessions of reading scripture. Uh, and then, you know, make sure to mix in a, a session of, um, you know, uh, worship for an hour. <laughs> and then your, your depression will be gone. You'll be in okay. the name of Jesus. Do it every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And make sure that you add in the name of Jesus to everything. Uh, like, cause that is a magical spell. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh, guess my what? Gosh. Because I we're in Christ, everything is already in the name of Jesus. Yes. Bar. Boom. Mic Bar. drop. <laughs> Done. Finish them. Wow. <laughs> guys, I'm so grateful for you. I'm so grateful for the time that you guys gave me. Like, I'm so grateful for so much I've learned. And please don't stop. Uh, keep pressing on. You're touching so many people. You're touching so many people of different nationalities. Some people who are going mm. through the exact same thing and they don't even know how to phrase it or term it. Like, mm. I've said this several times, but like, I did not know how to phrase or term what I went through. I didn't mm. know what it meant until just as of recent when I understood. I understood that I, I really, there's something that, there's something missing right. in the church, guys. There's something a little bit pretentious and there's something that's making me feel like God is so heavy and he's not. Right. Um, his, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Yeah. And if it's not, then we're carrying too much bullshit religion <laughs> we're caring just too much thank you guys so much Derek and Rachel like yeah thank you I hope to do this again like real soon like yeah I, 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 really I hope so too it, it's been a, so much fun and you ask great questions and I feel like we uh were able to really just uh jump on each other's uh trains of thought and really well yeah. <laughs> Completely, because there's so much you guys actually spoke of about, Rachel's actually speaking about how we treat the earth Mm. and how we kind of bypass it and make it like, oh, like she mentioned, what did she exactly say? She mentioned how it's good news that we hear bad news as Christians when it Mm. comes to matters that are happening around the earth, fires, hurricanes, whatever. Those are signs that, oh, Jesus is coming. He's on the way. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's yeah it's not so much this like doom and gloom jesus's no. you know sign of the times no. it's more of hey uh actually church uh and world yeah guys we need to we need to take better care and that's the thing too it's like so much of uh, to get a little a theological eschatology that's been passed down for the last couple hundred years is that this whole rapture mindset yeah that the earth is just a place that's temporary it's not our home we're just gonna escape and it's you know our our home is in heaven when in reality 
um, if we understand things properly, it's no, actually our home is on earth and, and God's going to make things new. And um, I really think that it's going to be over a period of time of the earth, you yeah. know, being made new through us. Exactly. He, if he decided to create with us, if we, yeah. you know, however we want to understand the creation story yeah. and participate with us, then why wouldn't he want to do that? He made us partners in the whole thing. Like, yeah. We're with him. We're actually with him. I can't wait. There's so many things that you guys have actually highlighted that, um, yeah, I really can't wait. And to share stories, I guess, about South Africa. I will not speak in Africa as a whole. I really won't. <laughs> but stories about South Africa. And I, I would really like you guys to speak. I love how you guys articulate everything. And mm. there's so much we don't know, honestly, um, because mm. we're still kind of... Um, like I said, like we're still kind of in a phase by um, new generation Pentecost churches, charismatic churches, as they call them, right, um, right. in mm-hmm. South Africa are yeah. kind of at a place whereby they're still very exploitative. Um, right. Mm-hmm. And that's that's an answered opinion, but come at me if you will, guys. But like, I feel like it's it's still a thing. It's still it's still at the point where it's exploitative, it's celebrity uh, pastors mm-hmm. and miracle based and. There's no the prosperity teaching. gospel, right? Prosperity gospel. There's no teaching. There's no teaching about things. There's n- right. nothing. It's it's literally, it's looting from people's desperation. Yeah. Sow the seed and receive your miracle. Exactly. Huh? <laughs> exactly. Uh, you mean give you my money so that you can be comfortable yeah. and mm-hmm. I have to depend on you unhealthily? Yeah. <laughs> let's let's mm-hmm. just call. Let's call it as it is. Like, yeah, it's just, it's, yeah, I, I'm, yeah. I'm with you and, and I'm, and I'm sorry. And I truly hope, and I, I believe, you know, the more and more that there's conversations like this, where we're exposing the toxicity of harmful theology and, yeah. and uh, practices that actually end up turning more people away from Jesus than bringing them Thank to you. him. Um, it, it, it causes there to be a, a widespread, waking up to reality you know and you know those reality checks kind of like rachel was talking about with um sustainability and and caring for the earth that's that's how renewal happens that's how reformation happens revival however you want to understand it or call it yeah that's how it happens it's we reach a point in church history and as you study church history i don't know how much you're familiar with it but so much it's a it's a cycle there's periods of where there's health and then it starts to get convoluted usually because of the church wanting to become powerful and getting mm-hmm. in bed with empire and marrying mm-hmm. this, this lie that like there needs to be some form of like power and control and influence through strong arming. Mm-hmm. And as the corruption happens within the prominent leaders in the church um, you know, it, it just more corruption seeps in and it, it trickles down and then there reaches a breaking point or some breaking points and people yeah. begin to expose it. And then like the most recent one that I can really point to that was so significant, mm-hmm. even though there was a lot of, you know, problems with this individual, but you know, yeah. when Martin Luther in 1517 nailed the 95 theses calling out the Roman Catholic church for their horrible practices. Mm-hmm. It was, it was the beginning of a revolution. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like deconstruction is so much of this, this initiation of a revolution. And, yeah. you know, I've brought this up a couple of times with people, but there's this 
great guy. He's an author and, and, uh, and he's deconstructed and stuff. And his name is Jeff Turner. Uh, big shout out to him. He just has such an eloquent way of putting things, but he said, people are seeing this as a great falling away, but I see this as a great awakening. And, and I really believe that for those who are waking up in this generation, realizing that how we've done things, the church isn't how it should be done. Yes. And, um, you know, even just being a millennial, um, so many people have talked about, oh, millennials are just ungrateful and blah, blah, blah. Millennials are changing the world. And I really think that this is an important generation to the, the, the turning of the tides in the church is seeing this harmful theology, these poor practices, this dysfunction in leadership, this, this ostracizing and marginalizing of, yeah. Uh, um, uh, of pr- people groups like LGBTQIA plus community and yeah. even just, uh, you know, not having racial equality and yeah. just everything going on with, with the world surrounding all the tragic events, even just having one recently in, in Wisconsin. It's yeah. just, we're seeing so much exposed, but it's a time for the church to respond in love and inclusivity and extending the table of fellowship to all people. Exactly. And so, um, Anyway, I didn't intend to <laughs> go on a rant, but <laughs> I, I'm really grateful because, you know, these conversations that we're having, you know, it's it's a blessing that we have the Internet and it's a blessing that we have social media because now more than ever, That's we have right. access to the information and the world is, though it's so big, is shrunk down and we're more connected. Exactly. Than exactly. I couldn't have, I, I had no idea where I would have found you guys at all. Had like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to be Christianese and be like, but it's by the grace of God. It yeah, really, yeah, totally. It is truly by the grace of God that I found and hopped on you. I really would have never known. And also because of this app. <laughs> yeah. How? How, it's Lord? Awesome. I know. It's awesome. How, Lord? We thank you because this mm-hmm. would have never happened. But thank you guys mm. so much. And I just can't wait to further the conversation with you guys like a lot more and I can't wait for your community to just explode because you guys are growing. Oh, <laughs> it will really explode. It's going to touch so many people and it is stirring up a revolution, stirring up personally. It's stirring up a lot of, a lot of the hearts of people and it's doing God's work. And that's yeah. really what I feel that you guys, you guys are doing, really doing God's work. You are really speaking to people who need to hear God who need to understand that God is truly just love and not like mm. some vessel of doom and gloom and, mm. and we're done. It's just, yeah. It's, yeah. Well, we, yeah, I really appreciate the opportunity of being able to talk. Uh, and yeah, sorry, I popped off for a bit. Uh, <laughs> I had to go get my son, but <laughs> um, he's in preschool, but we really appreciate all that you're doing and having these conversations and, you know, um, hey, <laughs> this, is- this is Rowan. This is real life. Hey, Rowan. Trying to be real. Um, <laughs> but just what you're doing too, like opening up conversations, taking time and, you know, like having those hard questions and like pursuing answers for others as well. Like, I think that's a, a really amazing amazing thing to do and we're just happy to be a part of it and to make a connection with you and it's great thank you so much guys yeah 